Well, good morning, everyone. My name is Liz Joyle, and I am so excited to be able to bring the message to you today. We're going to get to continue on in our series on the fruit of the Spirit. But before we start, I thought I would just introduce you to myself just a little bit. Um, Again, I'm Liz, and I'm a lifelong resident of Massachusetts. I grew up in Framingham. I've lived in Worcester now for five years, so I'm not quite a Worcesterite yet, but I'm hoping to get there soon. And um, I grew up going to church, so I don't remember not going to church. My parents brought me to church when I was a kid, when I was a baby, and so I really don't remember not knowing Jesus or not um, being a follower of his But I do remember a specific time when I did decide that I was going to follow Jesus to church and not just my parents, Um, a decision that I know many of you have made here. And I am now, I work with InterVarsity Christian Fellowship, which is a campus ministry that works with students here in Worcester and then in greater New England and across the country. I've been doing that for 16 years. It's my 16th year with InterVarsity. Um, You may know my husband, Paul who um, also works with InterVarsity, and he also, as of um, a few weeks ago, July 1st, he's now part-time on staff here at The Journey, which we're really excited about. And in just a few weeks, we will be celebrating our 14th wedding anniversary. So excited about that. And one more thing on this hot day that I want you to know is that I am not prone to go on tangents. So you have lucked out today. Um, But we are going to continue in our series on the fruit of the Spirit. Um, If you, let's read this passage from Galatians 5. It should be on the screen together. Let's read it together. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So obviously the word patience is highlighted, which means that we are on the fourth fruit this week. This is our fifth week in the series. We had an introductory week, and now we're talking about patience. And again, the key that we've been talking about is not to see this list of things here, this list of flavors of fruit, as we're calling them, as things for us to strive after, but to see them as things that are fruit or an outgrowth of what the Spirit is doing in us and the work that he is doing. So, patience. I'm curious, what comes to mind for you when you think about the word patience? So don't, you don't have to say it out loud, but I'm just curious. What comes to mind when you think about patience? Maybe waiting in line at the grocery store is, you think of, that's a good place to practice patience. Uh, Maybe you think about patience as kind of holding out for something um, without complaining. Maybe trying not to get mad or frustrated when you're in a situation um, that is irritating. Or maybe more seriously, we think about patience as waiting for something that God has promised, or waiting for um, a suffering or a trial to end, for God to to come to our rescue. Something like that definitely um, requires patience. So there's lots of ways we can think about patience, but we're gonna start um, our day today with a little Greek lesson, okay? So the New Testament was written in Greek, so the, this part in Galatians was in Greek, and there are actually two words, um, Greek words, that often translate into the English word for patience. So the first is hippomone. So hippomone, patience, is endurance and steadfastness. 
It's a patient waiting for or abiding under difficult circumstances when it's, it's impossible to escape or avoid them on our own. So that's hippomone patience. There's a second patience that we see in Scripture, and it's macrothumia. So macrothumia patience is patience and forbearance. Self-restraint, which does not hastily retaliate a wrong. So in English, we have the word short-tempered. We don't have the word long-tempered, but this would be, macrothumia would be a long-term, a, a, a long-tempered patience. So short-tempered, quick fuse, you go off, but long-tempered is the ability to, to not do that. So that's what macrothumia patience is. So which one do you think we're talking about today? It's possible that if you have your Bible open, or if you have one, um, that your translation has already told you. My Bible actually says this um, instead. It says, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So we're talking about patience that is a forbearance. That's this macrothumia patience. As much as I would love to talk about waiting for God in the midst of trial and suffering, because that's a very helpful thing to talk about. Um, there's, many of us are in situations where we are waiting for God to work or to change a circumstance that we're in or to alleviate suffering or to bring justice to a situation. But that'll have to be a sermon for another time because this, in this passage, the patience that is used is this macrothumia patience, this forbearance which is about how we interact with others. Some scholars would actually group these three flavors of patience, kindness, and goodness together as a triplet of the fruit of the Spirit that affect our relationships with one another, here in this room and in the outside world. So how does this fruit of patience, this fruit of the Spirit of patience, this macrothumia, how is it supposed to affect our relationships with one another? So what we're going to do is I want us to turn to Matthew 18, which is going to be our main text for today. So turn with me if you have a Bible or you, there's one in the pew to Matthew 18, starting with verse 21. So this is a parable that Jesus told Peter and some others who were listening um, after Peter asked the question, so how many times should I forgive someone? And so this is happening after Jesus has done some teaching. He's just been teaching. And Peter basically has this follow-up question. So I'm going to follow along as I read from Matthew 18, starting with verse 21. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And he began the settlement. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had been sold that he had be sold to repay the debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. 
The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, Be patient with me, and I will pay it back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all that he owed. This is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. So I love Jesus' parables. Um, I think there's a lot in this one that we could unpack. But um, I want to, you know, and obviously this passage is about forgiveness because that's what Peter asks. But twice in this passage, we see this word, this Greek word, makrothumia. In verses 26 and 29, we see both servants plead with the person that they owe money to. Be patient with me. Have makrothumia on me, they say. So I think that there's, from this, we can learn a few things about what patience is, what this makrothumia patience is. As you're following along in your notes in the bulletin, there's a section that says patience is. So what do we learn about patience from the king who was owed 10,000 bags of gold, or talents, your Bible might say talents. So the first servant begs for forgiveness, and this is what we learn from the king. We learn that patience includes compassion. It includes a willingness to show mercy, sympathy, and concern towards another person. We see here in this passage that the master, the king, he took pity. That's the word that's used. He took pity on the man when he begged for patience from him. Patience includes compassion. Patience also includes forgiveness, we see here, which in this, in this part here, it's a choice to stop feeling angry towards someone that has done something wrong to you. So forgiveness is that type of stopping this anger. The master stopped feeling angry towards the servant and canceled a large debt that was owed to him. So compassion, forgiveness, we also see that patience, this, is, this macrothumia patience includes release. The third one is release, setting another person free. The master here let the servant go. He released him from prison and from his anger towards him. So what would it look like for us to embody these three things in our relationships with one another? If we're talking about a patience that, in, that involves relationships with one another. What would it be like for us to show compassion to one another to forgive one another, and to release one another. When we're wronged, when someone lets us down, when we don't agree, when we think something should be done differently, when someone is annoying us or pestering us, what would it look like for us to be compassionate, forgiving, and releasing towards one another?
I was thinking about this, and, and again, I worked for InterVarsity, which is a campus ministry, and a few years ago I was at a conference where one of my colleagues was telling a story about a student named Tim. He was a freshman, an incoming freshman at Bucknell University down in Pennsylvania. Now, Tim came to college not as a Christian or not as someone who would consider himself very religious at all. Um, in fact, he was very skeptical, skeptical about Christian, the Christian faith. But, wouldn't you know, Tim ended up living on the floor with someone who was in the InterVarsity Fellowship who invited him to a Bible study. Tim decided to check it out. He came, and he kept coming. And for a whole year, he pestered this group of Christians with question after skeptical question about the Bible, about Jesus, about Christianity. But what did this group have? They had patience. They had forbearance. Tim would say he was annoying to them, but they had patience with him. And by the end of the year, even though Tim had been kind of annoying, he became a Christian. He became a follower of Jesus, which is great. Now, this story is actually about 45 years old. You may say, well, what, what happened to Tim? Well, his full name is Tim Keller, and he is one of the foremost evangelical Christian speakers and teachers um, in America today. He is the pastor of Redeemer Presbyterian Church in Manhattan, and his church and his church network has, network has planted over 100 churches in the U.S. and abroad. Thousands and thousands of people have come to know Jesus, have been impacted for the sake of the gospel because of Tim's ministry. So I think that there are a lot of people, and I think Tim himself would say, I'm really glad there were people who were patient with me when I was 19. Now, I could tell story after story of students that Paul and I knew, that we know, who have at times required patience from us, from the community, the fellowship that we've been a part of within our city, but who have matured in their faith and, faith and grown so much and are impacting their communities across the globe for the gospel. They may not all have the name Tim Keller, but they are still impacting real people um, with the gospel across the world. Many people have been patient um, with others for these things to happen. So again, patience includes compassion, forgiveness, and release. Now, looking back at the passage, we, from the same servant who the master was patient with, we also learn what patience is not. So, I don't have a slide for this, but the servant goes out and finds someone who owes him some money, a hundred silver coins, and what does he do? We can look at, look at the Bible again in verse 28. Um, we see that the servant grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I will pay you back. But he refused. He went off and had the man thrown in prison until he could pay the debt. So again, I don't have a slide for this, but from this parable we see that macrothumia patience is not, it's not physical harm. So this guy grabbed him and choked him. It's not punishment. The servant was demanding that he be paid back. He was seeking retribution for the wrong that was committed against him. We also see that macrothumia patience is not imprisonment trapping a person and withholding freedom for something that they have done against us. The servant here refused to care or listen 
to the man's pleas for mercy and threw him into prison. So this type of patience is not physical harm, it's not punishment, and it's not imprisonment. So thinking about what this servant did, we may not normally attack people who we're impatient with, but I wonder what else, how else does this list relate to us? How do we potentially live without this patience? Maybe, I mean, maybe we do outright attack people. Maybe, maybe not with fists, although we shouldn't do that either, but uh, maybe with our hearts, with our language, we attack people. Or maybe, maybe we keep reminding people what they did wrong, how they hurt us, either vocally or with our silence towards them. Maybe we don't give a second chance to people. You try, you, one time you hurt me, I'm done. Or maybe we just write them off completely. Or we could even, not showing patience, kind of build up a case against the person in our heart. So it's easy for me to think I wouldn't choke somebody like this guy did. But how many of these other things do I actually do? So I want to put these two lists of patience and impatience side by side up on the overhead. So we see we've got the king and the master on the left who was patient. And that was, that's the fruit of the spirit of patience, this compassion, forgiveness, and release. Then the other side, we have the servant who was not patient. And these end up being the works of the flesh, the things that the fruit of the spirit are contrasted against. Physical harm, punishment, imprisonment. So we see these two, um, these two sides, these two lists side by side, and we can see they're obviously different. Obviously they contrast. Um, we can see the stark contrast between how the master, the king, acted and how the servant responded. And we have choices every day, big and small, to exhibit this fruit of the Spirit, to exhibit the left side of this chart, to exhibit this patience with one another. And I think it's actually really critical for us here at The Journey to exhibit this fruit of patience with one another. As we grow in community with one another, as we grow as a church, it's important that we have patience with one another. Now, we're an increasingly diverse group. We're diverse ethnically, we're diverse culturally, we're diverse socioeconomically, we're diverse generationally, we're diverse just personality-wise, we're diverse life experience-wise. And so because of all this, because of the diversity that we're so grateful that we have and that we want to continue to grow in, we are going to have misunderstandings. We're going to have miscommunication with each other at times. It will happen. But we have to respond with patience towards one another when we hit these inevitable misunderstandings, since we come with different viewpoints and different perspectives. And these types of disagreements, they might vary from what seems, seems trivial, like how should we set up the downstairs area for the newcomers gathering? We could have different opinions on that. But it could go even bigger to things that aren't so trivial, such as disagreements on how leadership is set up or run in the church. And again, it doesn't mean, this doesn't mean that we don't have disagreement. Like disagreement is actually inevitable because of who we are, because we're coming together in this community. Disagreement is going to happen. Um, it helps us ask good questions to each other of how to best make things work and how to have better understanding. 
but it's how we handle ourselves in the midst of that miscommunication and disagreement that is what's really going to matter. Will we walk by the flesh on the left side, I mean on the right side, and hurt, punish, and withhold forgiveness from one another? Or will we walk by the Spirit on the left and show compassion, forgiveness, and release to one another? I really hope, I think we want to walk by the Spirit. We want to show compassion. We want to be patient with one another. But just to say this isn't easy. Our natural inclination is to protect ourselves, to protect our own opinions, and to be impatient with one another. We have our fleshly limits of patience. So I don't want you to hear me saying, just be more patient, okay? Just be patient. It'll, it'll make everything better. Because even if you do, if I try harder, if you try harder, we're going to fail. Being patient is a fruit of the Spirit, not a work of the flesh, and something that we can't conjure up in ourselves. Galatians 5.16, that's right before this passage that the fruit of the Spirit comes from, says, So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with one another. So it's hard to be patient. As I was preparing this sermon this week, I was hyper-aware of how patient I was in certain circumstances. Or should I say how impatient I was in certain circumstances? It's hard. And I bet we all could think back to, this, to ways this week where we weren't patient with another person like we should have been. Maybe you had a really good week, but I bet maybe this month you could think about some way that you were impatient with someone. But we don't need to despair in this because there is hope. Let's look back at this parable in Matthew 18 again because there are a couple other details that are crucial to this story. We actually have to look at the amounts of the debts that are presented here. Let's start with the second servant. His debt was a hundred silver coins. The, what a silver coin was, um, was a daily wage of a, la- a day laborer. So a hundred silver coins, a hundred daily wages of a day laborer. Now a day laborer is just what it sounds like. They kind of live day to day. Um, so it was a lot to ask, actually, for the forgiveness of a debt of this magnitude. Imagine that if you had no savings and someone had taken a third of your year's salary. It's not a small thing to, to ask. It's a lot of money. It's, it's not easy to be patient with others. Sometimes it's asking an awful lot of us to show compassion and forgiveness and release. Sometimes being patient is a very difficult thing. So here we've got about 100 days' worth of, of pay, So not a small amount, but it is nothing in comparison to the first servant's debt. The first servant owed the master, owed the king, 10,000 bags of gold. Now that sounds like a lot of money, but it's not just a lot. It's a huge amount of money. Maybe your Bible says talents, 10,000 talents. So one talent or one bag of gold is worth about 20 years of a day laborer's wages. So 10,000 talents, or bags of gold, if we do the math, is 200,000 years of a day laborer's wages. 
What is that? Think of whatever you make and you owe in a year. Think of what you make in a year and just imagine owing 200,000 times that amount. I don't think any of us imagine that we could ever pay something like that back. So, to kind of recap, so this passage doesn't minimize the cost of being patient with others, as we see from the second servant, but it also illustrates the magnitude of God, who is the ultimate king and master's patience with us. Verse 32 to 33. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I canceled all the debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? Jesus is showing with this parable just how amazing God's patience and forgiveness is with us. If we go back to the original definition of macrothumia patience, we can put it up. Again, it's this patience and forbearance, self-restraint which does not easily retaliate a wrong, long-tempered. It sounds a lot like the king in this passage. It's used for our relationships with one another. That's the key. That's what we're looking at. But it is also used in Scripture of God himself. God has shown immense macrothumia with us. God is patient and compassionate with us. Let me just read a few passages of how patient God is with us. Listen to me read from Psalm 103. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. And how about Micah 7? Who is a God like you, who pardons sin and forgives the transgression of the remnant of his inheritance? You do not stay angry forever, but delight to show mercy. You will again have compassion on us. You will tread our sins underfoot and hurl all our iniquities into the depths of the sea. 2 Peter 3.9, the Lord is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. This God has macrothumia patience with us. That is what we see in the king, in the master, who forgives this debt of 10,000 bags of gold. This is the good news of the gospel, that God was so patient with us that he sent his son to live among us on this, wor- in, on this earth, in this world. Jesus Christ put to death our sin when he died on the cross so that we could be forgiven and so the Spirit could be at work in us, doing his work to transform us. He forgives us this debt that we owe for our sin and wrongdoing, and he wants to transform us in how we interact with one another. The costliness of God's patience with us is Jesus on the cross. When I'm impatient with others, it's because I have lost sight 
of how patient God is with me. And when you lack patience with others, I can almost guarantee that it's because you've lost sight with God's patience for you. But when I have a glimpse of God's patience with me, that's when I realize how I should treat others with patience. Because without that understanding of God's patience and compassions with me, it's so easy for me to live without patience for others. We may look at this servant who is so impatient with his fellow servant and think, well, I would never do that. I would never choke someone or grab someone. I would never send them to prison. But I think it's possible that all of us don't treat others with the patience that God shows of us all the time. It's probably an understatement. So in this parable, there is this man that is acting so terribly. He was just forgiven this amazingly huge debt. So why does Jesus show us this man who is acting so terribly? Because he's contrasting the bountiful and generous forgiveness of the king, our heavenly father, with what our human hearts are capable of. Jesus is showing just how amazing God's patience and forgiveness with us is and how easy, how ludicrous it is, though, that we not show, when we don't show patience to others. So I think there are two invitations for us coming out of this today. First, I think there are probably some of us here today who realize that we're actually not fully living into the understanding of how patient God is with us. Is that you? Do you need to ask God to just to show you how patient he is with you, to show you his love and his compassion, how forgiving and merciful he is? No matter how messed up things are, how much you've made them that way, or how your situation is, the invitation for you is to experience God's patience and forgiveness, perhaps even for the first time, or to commit to living in the forgiveness and patience of God, unlike the servant that we see in this parable. Now, the second invitation is for those who realize that maybe we need, you need, I need, to extend patience to another person in particular, in a particular situation. So maybe that's you. Is there a certain person that God would like you to extend more patience towards in your life? What would that mean for you this week? So I want you to keep those two invitations in mind as we pray and as the worship team comes back up. So pray with me. Lord, thank you that you are just so very, very patient with us. Thank you for your love for us, for your macrothumia patience with us. Despite the ways that we sin against you and others, you show us compassion and forgiveness and release, Lord. God, I pray that you'd speak especially to those here who need a fresh experience or a, really a first-time experience of your loving patience to them. God, would you speak? And God, we thank you that you don't leave us to deal with ourselves. Thank you that you gave us the Spirit who wants to continue to transform and sanctify us to be more like you. Help us to walk in step with your Spirit as the scripture from Galatians says, so that we can experience the fruit of the Spirit and especially patience with one another today, this week. If there's someone, God, that you're inviting 
us to be more patient with. I pray that you would bring that person to mind. And God, we just pray blessings upon that person. God, help us to show more patience. Thank you, God, for your patience um, and your grace and your mercy to us. Thank you for your love for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.